Welcome to Girls Guts Glory, the broadcast. Previously on the broadcast. I believe we've met. I'm Nettie Marie Reichoff. I go to your school. You see it. It appears. It's a little raccoon. Animal friendship. He's so cute. I'm going to name him Buck. Huck and Buck. I'm going to shoot a firebolt. You You guys spend the night in this kind of cold, wet, damp environment nearby this creek, this little riverbed that you guys had found, um, cooking what you could um, just to keep warm. You guys had recovered some uh, game, some turkey um, that you guys are using to preserve with the honey. And though the scent is nice and cuts well against this kind of murky terrain, the sleep is not as restful considering the fact that the shadows are even more consuming and the difference between darkness and friend and foe, it's a very thin line besides the cackling fire before you. That being said, with rounds of trading off and spending the night together here or there, you're able to spend the night without any trouble and you awake. Unfortunately, um, a couple of you, Celine, not sleeping as well as you would hope. Yes, I am uh, lying wide awake, thinking about Cobalt's, how he is involved in this. And I I hold a necklace that he had given me. It has um, a bright purple uh, crystal on it. And I hold it, just wondering how he could possibly be involved. Because he has just been the sweetest, softest, kindest man I have ever known. Can you describe to me the visual of the dream or the memory that you're experiencing when you think of him right now? I think of the moment that he gave me this necklace. Between classes, he had it wrapped in just plain brown paper and tied it up with string and he very sheepishly just handed it to me and said, "I, uh, I saw this and I thought of you and anyway, here it is. And he handed it to me and... He was always very shy and and sweet, and this just seems so out of character for him. It was a nice day, too. Um, The sun is not often out in Candlekeep. It's on the edge, the cliff side of of a very large ocean, the Sword Coast Ocean there. And that day, it was quite sparse, and you could actually see sun trickling through. So the hallway was flooded with light. Um, and as he was walking away backlit, it was just a very beautiful, fond memory as he had made his way to class at the bell ring. However, that fond memory, which often provided you comfort right now, is actually a little bit less comforting and a bit more concerning. And so the day breaks, the critters of the woods are all skittering around. Uh, It's quite squirrel-heavy and chipmunk-heavy, but Buck has been standing atop uh, Huck's snoring back, um, just sneering, sneering like a raccoon at any sort of small creature that dares to come near. Um, And you guys kind of awake, uh, the rest of you, to the scratches of a raccoon um, digging by you guys like a trench around you, like a protective little trench in a circle um, at the crack of dawn. (laughs) Oh, but but be careful. You don't want to actually scratch anybody. Sorry. He doesn't he doesn't mean to hurt you. Um, he's just trying to he likes you all, I think, cuz a cast animal friendship, you know, no big deal or anything. But uh, I I don't think he means to hurt you. Is there a way to give him a bath? He looks at you with vicious eyes covered in muck. Um maybe later. Yeah, we'll definitely, and he like looks over at Buck and starts winking, we'll definitely give him a bath. Slow thumb up from the raccoon in your direction um, uh, that I'm going to assume is not in your peripheral or on your main vision, just in front of the body directly to hug. I look at him with disgust and uh, try not to throw up. I shake out my boots after unrolling my bedroll. I'm so sick of this itchy, scratchy texture against my skin. Doesn't it know I'm delicate? 
and I shake out my boot, and out pops a chipmunk, and I pick it up, and I hurl it at uh, Buck. Okay. Have that. <laughs> the chipmunk flies through the air, um, like wings outspread, though the, this chipmunk doesn't have wings, but if it did right now, it wishes it could. Um, as the chipmunk just flies and smacks to the back of Buck, um, because Buck was standing right in front of you, trying to protect Huck in any capacity. And the chipmunk and Huck together kind of tumble into a circle and fall at the, your feet, Huck. Oh, I'm gonna I'm pick Buck up and cradle him. Excuse me, ma'am, can you not throw things at my friends? And then Huck picks up the chipmunk and cradles the chipmunk. I thought uh-huh. some your friend would throw the chipmunk out of our campsite. You threw it at my raccoon. So then he could bat it out of the field. No, please don't throw things at my raccoon. I know he loves this game called baseball. Yeah, he I takes, don't know what that is. He takes, he picks up the chipmunk and throws it and chucks it at you. That's a good darling. It kind of goes over your right hand shoulder, just like misses by a solid five feet. We were practicing with pine cones last night. Oh, okay, never mind. That's actually pretty cool. You can teach him any little tricks you want. Pesky chipmunks. I slowly open my eyes because I've been meditating because I'm an elf and I don't have to sleep. And I look around wearily at everyone and say, what's going on? Why is there so much racket? We're waking up. That's what happens when you wake up. Racket? Well, we make I, noise. I just wake up and, yeah, but there's throwing of animals and it's very, very unsettling. Man, a lot of you would never survive on a farm, I'm just saying. I, I don't want to go to a farm. Okie dokie, ma'am. Where is, um, Starla? Right there. I look around and I go, oh, she's still sleeping. Yeah, where, where are you situated right now? Where are you sleeping? I, um, I'm currently... In my bedroll, just trying to, trying to sleep. I've pulled my, my roll over my head. <laughs> I'm like, y'all are being real loud. No, no, it's okay. You go back to sleep. We'll, we'll be quiet. Oh, but when she wants to sleep, it's fine. But if I'm meditating, it's not okay. Well, yeah. I see I'm where your allegiance lies. I think That's not in love with you. some coffee. <gasps> I think I think that Starla might need some extra coffee. I I saw that she had snuck some ale. Uh-oh. I have no idea what you're talking about. Why is the sun so bright? Letty's still looking around at everyone because she just heard that, that Huck was in love with Starla and no one seems to be talking about it. And I'm just looking at everyone. Just like, why, is, why is no one talking about this? I pull my bedroll down and I go... But I don't say anything. I just look around, like, feverishly. <laughs> oh, you uh, you didn't say that? I didn't say that. She um, said are it. Are you okay? He said it. Sorry, he said it. Are you okay? Well, does no, does no one, um, did no one hear what you said? Which part about not surviving on a farm? Because, I mean, if I hurt your feelings, I didn't mean to. I was just trying to be No, no, that's honest. fine. No, no. It was the other thing you said. Which one? I said a lot of things. About Starla? Maybe I'm still trying or... to hint it and nudge you along, looking at you primarily. Oh, me being in love with her. No, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I mean, it's we not really like... knew that. Yeah, I, it's not... Re- you knew that? It's an un... Uh, what's the word? Um, un... Re- Requited? That word, unrequited love, and that's totally fine. I do have a big vocabulary, so I'll help you when I can. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I know a lot of common words, but that's just about it, because I didn't really get no formal education. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm in love with her, and she doesn't love me, and that's totally fine. I'm okay with being her friend. I let a, lot, a deep sigh out, just as exhausting. <laughs> in one of your uh, flat pans, you're able to get the water boiling with the, the hot coals that are left uh, as they're kind of like um, on their last leg. Um, you're able to get that water in there, throw in some of the beans that you had found. You found actual, no coffee here, but dandelion root definitely picked up along the way. Good for bloating. Yes, very strong, pungent taste, very similar to coffee. Um, So you actually get everyone's little cup, their little mug, and you're pouring it into everyone's tin can, shoving it into everyone's face as this conversation is happening. Amy, chef. I don't don't need any. I don't want to drink any root water. Thank you, though. I'm just going to reach over. And I'm going to take Huck's cup. Oh, that's okay. You can take mine. And I'm going to drink it. And then I'm going to drink the other one. And I'm still in my bedroll, but I'm sitting up. And my hair is basically a nest. A big ol' rat's nest of curls. Can I, can I help you with your hair? I can braid it. I'm really good at braiding. I have three sisters and one brother with long hair. 
birds fly out of your hair, not having realized I'd literally nested in it. I can fix that. Did that happen? Yeah. Oh. Speaking of birds, I hope that Farut is is doing well on his journey. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I like him a lot. I haven't really gotten to know him very much, but he's real nice. I've known him since... Oh, I became Southern. <laughs> I'm going to take that back. <laughs> I've known him since we were children in, in Zambia. He accompanied me here to... Well, when I wanted to meet my sister, Trisilda, I don't know if I could have made the journey without him. Excuse me, I have a question that he, you know... Um, tries to pry away in the conversation um how how what do you mean that you didn't you wanted to meet your sister you didn't know each other of course not what do you mean of course not i'm just i mean what can't you tell darling i'm from silvery moon well well, tell me about your story of how you got together we were adopted as children and uh when we were about 12 we started having shared dreams about each other. That's so interesting. She smiles very big, <laughs> trying to stay as one character, not split off into another. <laughs> that was rather mm-hmm. strange when you split off before. It happens mm. many times. Yeah, we should maybe talk about that, too. I've never seen that. That's pretty neat. Well, it's it's something that happens when I have high emotions in, that, in any way, you know. I have one fact being extremely happy and I've one for being angry and I've one it's, it's you know it, 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 it happens but I'm, I'm, I've been I'm right now I've meditated and I'm trying to keep it together uh Miss Lady I have a question if I may yes uh have you researched if there's a way to like go through a therapy and put them all back together to be one whole person is that something you want to do because if not I mean no pressure I nervously look around and and and, and take my time to answer and she, I, well I um there is a way but I've, I'm not really sure about it so that's why I was wanted to go in and kind of experiment with many things um and you know I need to be around people that um, are understanding when I break into different characters and um maybe we can find something along our journey is that known as a split personality? Well, it, it's been called that. It's also been called eccentric. Just very um, entertaining by some, maybe not to my family, and that's why they sent me away, but it's fine. Is, is this like a mental thing, or is this like a um, possessed by things thing? Or were you cursed? Oh, yeah, that. I, I was not. It's just in me. There's so many different versions of me that want to come out. And I really don't know the origin. Maybe we'll find it on our travels. And she looks around and kind of is trying to see some approval from everyone and that they're going to accept her. And they all sort of nod and look at her and smile. And she feels she feels very happy. Huck just gives you two thumbs up. Buck does the same. And then the chipmunk falls out of his arm. <laughs> the one that he had somehow uh, uh, coincidentally scrapped up during the fights. <laughs> He's very cute. <laughs> How many chipmunks are there? Oh, a lot. It's it's the forest. There's a lot of them here, and and I think Buck is just used to. I don't Buck's know. Just stuff and all of them. Yeah. Buck gives you a look in his eyes, like don't ask. It's better if we don't know. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. <laughs> I do a slight nod towards towards Buck, like all right, <laughs> I won't ask. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of shakes his head and kind of puts his hand beneath his neck and is like, no. <laughs> Celine has picked up the book. And is looking through it once again. Yes, as you begin to look through it, um, there's this kind of curiosity. Can I find something more? What what other details are here? But it's such a simple book. And as you're flipping through it page by page, you just get caught up on that one signature every time. The signature you know. That being said, there's also another name on there that you are familiar with. Professor Adewall which a couple of you guys have had before who works in transmutation spell casting. So that's when you would transform some sort of creature, object, or property into something else. You can make silver into gold or rocks into jewels, things like that. Um, I don't believe all of you would have studied underneath this particular professor in definitely a bit more esteemed classes, those who would be sent into one of the more higher, advanced ones would be taking classes of his. Um, 
but you know him and you've seen him in the halls. Professor Adwald is a half-elf, tall, lilth, rather unassuming and quite plain. Um, sometimes wears glasses in the hallway, but oftentimes doesn't. Wears a cloak that is quite uh, almost indiscernible. It's hard to exactly describe what it is. It's kind of green and beige. Um, you would really have to recollect every moment possible to really churn up any information on this person because, again, they're just so cryptic. Professor Adewal, I think Cobalt was in that class, as I recall. Professor Adewal, does anyone know, did he teach transmutation? I think I tried to sneak into his class once or twice. What was it that he taught? Uh, transmutation. That, that was my instinct. Yeah. As I recall, that was one of Cobalt's favorite classes. Do you think there is some sort of connection there? Maybe they made this deal together. Or maybe the professor introduced Cobalt into this deal, being like, hey, you can get some cool stuff if you do this. Oh, maybe he's up for power or something. I don't know. Starla, can I have you just roll a history check as you're trying to think and recollect on the things that you had snuck into? Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be a 14. 14? You like to creep when you could. The vents, well, the vents that are mostly just sewer pipes, um, are sometimes not used and easy to crawl through, having been dried and unused for over centuries and centuries. Candledeep is a very, very, very old, old city. And you were able to kind of pop in and look through some of the grates once in a great while. There was one time that the class was a bit more selective. It was almost as if the regular classes that Professor Adewell had, 20, groups of 20, 30, this was more like five or six kids. And they were all standing around in a circle watching quite intently. Professor Adewell changed something into something even more horrifying. It was this statue, just a normal statue. Gargoyle it looked like maybe, perhaps? Old, broken, the wings were not really around anymore, the nose was kind of chipped off. Does it look like, um, does it look similar to the creature that we saw? No, no, it didn't at the time, it didn't now. But as you think on this moment, you remember he chanted something and all the kids chanted in unison and pointed towards the statue, and the statue disintegrated. You didn't really think much of it. You thought, fascinating? What? What sort of magic is that? But seeing something like that just dissipate into dust on the floor, now that you think about it, that was kind of odd. But I don't remember who the kids were or anything. You didn't see it. It was a angle on the back, kind of a bird's eye view looking down. I wish I could have seen their faces. Uh, but that great, sometimes it made it hard to learn things. I, I tell them what you told me. Yeah. Well, that sounds real creepy. I don't know about you, but that's why I didn't go to school. That's probably just me. So, so uh, Starla saw a gargoyle yeah. transform from right. a structure into dust on the ground. And that had to do with the professor? He was there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were like five or six kids in there, too. Yeah. In the class? Yeah. But yeah. he instead did it? Of, no. Instead of 20. Well, they all they did all it. They all did it. They all did it. And oh, you were sneaking in. Yeah. I, okay. was, I was sneaking around. Got it. The sewage pipes with grates. Yeah. <laughs> the sewage pipes with what? Yeah. It's not a pleasant atmosphere. Like, <laughs> you were in the sewage pipes? What? Yeah, but they're like old sewage pipes. Oh, my God. Okay, I wasn't cool. going to cover you in poop. I was just covering Thanks. you in old poop. There's different. Uh, no. Okay. Not fresh, just dusty. So all I could hear from that story was that you were hiding in dry old poop? That's very gross. I mean, not really. It was just all kind of disintegrated at that point. So hang on. I think the thing I took away from it is that there are six people 
in this class, as well as the professor, that know how to just disintegrate shit. Pardon my language. I should not say stuff like that. I'm so sorry. That's so funny. Letty's laughing uncontrolled because she feels funny you said the word shit. I'm sorry. It was very appropriate <laughs> considering we were just talking about dusty poop. But dusty poop. what I meant, don't make me laugh, Letty. Stop. Sorry, sorry. What I meant, it's a very serious conversation, but now I just can't stop thinking about dusty poop. Dusty poop. <laughs> You know, at first I did not like you, but I'm starting to like you more. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. She just smiles and, like, kind of shrivels up in her happiness. Stylus just sitting, looking at everyone, like, with her hands up, like, just, this is not the point. Yeah. <laughs> Drusilda, what do you think about all this? You've met Cobalt. I have. Nice guys make me nervous. I always feel like they're hiding things. You never told me that's how you felt about him. Well, I was happy for you. I still am happy for you now. I'm devastated for you. Um, it, it, show me what it said again. Owned and compromised. They have a debt to pay. Everyone here obeys me. Yes. In abyssal. It seems as though it is some sort of contract with... with... Evony. A dark thing. Yes, Born? I, I, I cast comprehend languages and I was the one that, that deciphered that, so yes, I did it. Um, Goodie um, for you. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's it's just something that I really am proud of, you know. Yes, anyway. As, just. as you guys continue to chat and talk and look at this book, try to decipher it, there's a sound breaking through some of the trees nearby. It is dawn, the sun is rising, and you've definitely heard smaller creatures but this is footsteps, and they're definitely breaking leaves and twigs. There's no sort of um, subtlety to them. It is someone who is actively walking through a forest right now. I'm immediately pulling. I'm, yeah. I'm getting on my feet and pulling out my short bow. Hug gets his crossbow ready immediately. Shh, shh. As you guys all get quiet for a moment, the footsteps stop. And a few moments passed, then you hear a voice in the distance. Hello? Is someone there? Who are you? Who are you? My name's Huck! I'm gonna hide. <laughs> are you mean? Are you trying to hurt us? Or? Well, you're in my territory, so I don't understand what you're doing here. Are we seeing this person? Or do you we do we not hear see this them, person? you hear them. And they're kind of coming right now from across the, the, the small riverbed in the creek, which is only about four feet wide, um, kind of through a canopy of trees far away. They're, they have stopped before you're seeing them, or probably they see you. Celine hides the book in her um, clothing. And Letty immediately turns into Zizofanduka because she's got to be on her senses. You know, she's got to be up, she's got to be ready to go because she don't know who this is. So she just stands there and everyone's looking at her because they can tell her body language changes. What what brings you to my woods? Run in. Darling, we're just passing through. Why are these your woods? Believe me, we don't want to stay. A moment passes and you can hear crunching slowly. Step by step. And from behind two trees, you see this creature pop out. Long auburn hair mixed with green, a body that seems to be transformed into bark, and twigs down her left and right arm and through her legs. She's almost looks like a tree herself, thin eyes with beautiful kind of white yellow irises and a very thin chin, skin that's flawless, that's pretty much glistening Lannis. against the very small amount of sun that you can see. I cast True Strike on her. You cast True Strike on her? Well, it just means that I, I get a brief insight into her defenses. Ooh, okay. I want to so, know what she's made of. Where's her vulnerability? How can she be killed if need be? True Strike. <laughs> Let me, is that a spell save or is that just? It's a cantrip. That's okay. very smart. And how close are you to her? Um, well, the range is 30 feet and she's okay. just across the river. I would say that she's she's within 30 feet. Okay. 
So I raise up my finger very subtly and point it at her. My magic grants me a brief insight into her defenses. And on my next turn, I gain an advantage on my first attack roll against her, yes, if need be, provided that the spell hasn't ended and it lasts for concentration up to one round. Okay. Let me let me see for a moment how this might She looks very flammable, down. I say to Celine. Mm-hmm. I know you've been dying to use your fireball. I have been. Okay. But we don't know about her yet, you so... put your finger out, you take a moment, and you cast this out, but she catches. Well, I say, darling, your hair, it's glistening with blooms. But as you put, pull your hand up and you go to cast, she, she sees you move your hand in this direction, a spell that is likely well-known, a very uh, smart one to be using to try to get insights into your enemies. And she dashes 30 feet to the right on the defense um, as she kind of hides behind two of the largest trees or bushes she can. And just like you can barely see her eyes peek out from behind them. And you hear a voice and she goes, you dare to do this in my home? Spell and me of a stranger? Someone I don't know? Darling, we don't know you either. And how are we to know that this is your home? Wait, what were you doing? Just trying to get us more insight on her. Well, well, let's not cast spells on her until we know if she's evil or not. I'm sorry, we're not trying to, like, hurt you or anything. We're just kind of scared. Her head kind of pops out of the bushes, and she goes, Scared? Why? Well, something's chasing us. I'm afraid of you, strangers in my home, casting spells at me. Huck will take his crossbow and, like, put it back on his back and put his hands up and be like, Hi, my name is Huck. Uh, the raccoon is my friend. His name is Buck. We're hucking Buck. Uh, we're we're just a bunch of friends. We're a little scared. Something big and evil was chasing us, so we were running, and we ended up in your, which might I say, beautiful forest with lots of beautiful creatures. Your chipmunks are adorable, and all your plants are just. Oh, those chipmunks! Those chipmunks are not mine. They are an, 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 absolutely annoying. Well, there Never we have mind. common ground. I, I think they're annoying quite as well. What I mean to say is we're, we're not really a threat to you. That's all. All right, listen, lady. Who are you? We're not here to harm you. We're just here to, you know, walk about, get away from where we were going. What's up? My name is Earth Eno. Excuse me? Earth Eno. All right. E-E-R-T-H-O-F-E-N-O. Earth Off Eno. Earth Off Eno. Okay. I might just uh, try to remember that instead of writing it down, you know what I mean? If you don't mind me asking, ma'am, what are you? Are you a dryad? Have you heard of me? Are you an ent? My sort. Dryad is the word some use. I consider myself a woman of the trees. I am a lonesome creature. My sisters are long lost, but this is my home. Is that what people also call a wilden? Hmm. A Wilden. My family had some friends back in our old hometown that were Wilden. They're like tree people. I do not wish to be classified, but I will say this much. If you are scared and I am scared of you, then maybe I can just fix whatever you're scared of and then you can be on your way. Well, good luck. <laughs> what? What do you mean? Um, is it some beast? I mean, I've dealt with many of them. Is it a horde of chipmunks? Because, gosh, good luck. It's a headmaster. Oh. Listen, it, <clears throat> she gets scared, and Letty gets scared and turns right back into herself. Um, excuse me, it, it was a beast. We're running away uh, from some someone and something, and we've just uh, um, fought a, a, a beast. Would you call it a beast? Like, what was it? A like shadow? A, a demon? A like demon a shadow? A was it like a panther, or was it like a Oh, no, a this was like... Or? No, he was like a... Um, I feel like Huck and Letty just look at each other and just constantly try to name things that it was. You know, it was like, it had, it was very shadowy. Yeah, it was like big and it had these very big, big, like, yeah, flappy wings. And it had and like, <coughs> oh. oh, and they stop and look at. When you shot an arrow at it, the arrow went right through. It was a demon of some sort. Oh, a demon. I've heard of those things, but they have never been in these woods before. Well, now they have. <laughs> First time for everything, they say. That's simply, that simply cannot be. This is a, we have dealt with our fair share of other 
infiltrating species into this woods before. You likely know you all seem quite young, actually, in comparison to me. And she kind of coughs, <coughs> and um, a little bit of uh, this kind of dust comes out of her mouth. Um, and she's keeping her distance still. She's still a solid 30 feet away from me. She's not getting closer. She goes, um, but this used to be called the Glimmer Woods. Woods glimmering full of creatures such as myself and other beautiful things, but is now the wood of sharp teeth for a reason, kids. We unfortunately had had many of these beasts I speak of come through these woods and tear up our homeland and claim territories not too far away from here, so I would recommend not continuing to walk in this direction. That being said, you're in my terrain right now. If you cross that river, you are in truly my home. You're on the perimeter of it at the moment. So, if shadows are coming in, is there a way that Perhaps I can help them get out and have you all leave as well, if you don't mind. Win-win. Works for us. We would like to leave. Um. I would like very much for Shadows to not be following me. Do you have some way of connecting to the other plants or uh, knowing what exactly was following us and if anything else is? I can certainly try. Um, she takes a moment and she closes her eyes and she puts her hand against one of the trees nearby. Um, as she does so, you can see her hand kind of illuminate um, with this kind of glow. Um, can I have all of you guys roll a perception check, please, as you're trying to see what was happening from a distance? I'd also rolled a dirty 20 when I was hiding, so... <laughs> yeah, she, I don't think she knows you're there, by the way. Starla. Starla, you are very well hidden. Dope. Natural 20. Not 20. Oh, dying. Three. <laughs> Perception, you said? Five. Five? Nineteen, ma'am. Nineteen? Nineteen as well. Nineteen. <laughs> so what you guys catch is this. A beautiful kind of long vine stretches from her and kind of wraps around the tree and goes into the, almost eating slightly into the center of the tree as it begins to kind of dance with the bark in itself, finding areas to latch onto. You with a nat 20. You take a moment, and right at the cusp of your vision, you're, you're seeing this as well. And it's beautiful, and there's definitely some sort of dance between the tree and the hand of this creature. But as you look, that's not really happening. There's a, a break in your perception, almost as if it's a trick of the eye. I uh, lean to my sister, and I quietly say, it is some sort of mirage. What she is showing us is not the truth. Huck looks over and is like, Thank you for your help. I think uh, we should all be moving away from your lands. Uh, you've been generous to have us. And um, Celine starts kind of backing away slowly and encouraging her friends to follow her. As Huck, as Huck sees this, he's going to reach out and just use his hunter's sense. You take a moment, and you can definitely pass through this creature, and you know it's Fae. You know it's something from the Fae Wild, something beautiful and magical from that world. But you also feel, as you're looking at it and using your sense, your hunter's sense, there's something about it that is not what it seems to be. It is putting something on in front of you and there's something much darker on the other side of whatever this visage is. Okay. Um, what do you, what do you, what? L- Letty, Letty looks over at um, Huck and, and as she's hiding behind as many people as she can because she's not getting, she's getting what, you know, Celine's throwing down run basically like slowly but surely yeah it's like a group step like group one backwards. two one um, all of you holding hands <laughs> kind of taking one step back in the mug and let is definitely like just kind of blocking herself with other people okay um and but as she does that she was you know whispers to Huck, um, excuse me what are you doing i don't know what this is but it's bad I'm gonna she is bad. Get behind me. Okay, okay I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in behind Huck you. reaches down, scoops up Buck, puts him on his back. Um, he's gonna 
Hawk is going to cast Protection from Evil and Good on himself. Okay. And then pull out his crossbow and point it at the woman again. Okay. The moment that you guys all kind of step back one by one by one, you take a moment, you feel this protective magic around you. Letty, you step right behind Huck. Can you guys tell me kind of where you are in terms of one another? Are you all together in a line? Are you getting behind Huck? What's the kind of visual here? Well, I have a question about terrain and where I have hidden. Mm-hmm. So I, we are in a forest, so I assume I'm just behind a tree. I love it, yeah. Cool. Uh, Celine has grabbed her sister, and they've kind of huddled uh, and are moving behind Huck as well Sounds into good. the group. Mm-hmm. And Letty's sort of just a little bit behind everyone else, but in a line as well, just kind of moving side to side. We've all just merged together, together slowly. <laughs> one person behind a tree that yeah. everyone knows is hidden and stuck behind like, one. I'm like... T- like 10 feet away probably yeah you're probably about 10 more feet away than everyone else but Mm -hmm. you guys are all taking one step one step back they're about to hit the exact threshold of right around where you are in terms of your uh horizontal kind of establishment here um and as as you guys are doing this there's a moment that passes through as the crossbow slowly goes down in front of you and this creature having done this performance in front of you turns to you and goes oh child hmm you're smarter than I realized. What are you? And don't lie to us this time, please. If I must. And she turns. And as wind kicks around her, you see something much, much, much worse. Green skin, a long nose, boils around her face and long, wispy white hair, tattered clothes that have patchwork leaves all around them. Something that looks like it's the deformity of the forest. Something that doesn't look quite so inviting. But it definitely makes sense why they might be in this sort of swampy monkey terrain. Something that looks a lot like a hag. Distorted, cackling, laughing, completely different voice. As she kind of approaches you and she goes, (laughs) Children, I'm sorry you stepped into my territory, but... It's been such a long time, and I was so lonely. Oh, so lonely. And it was just so nice to see you all and to learn from you. Please, please don't be afraid. So I'm sick and tired of hearing to her spiel, and I pick up a pinch of fine sand, and I pick up a petal from a pine cone, and I raise it, toss it in the air, and then I blow it, and that is my way of casting sleep. How much did you roll on your sleep 21. 21. So you take a moment, you cast a spell. And it doesn't seem to affect her in the slightest. And there's a moment that she kind of looks directly at you and goes, Well, that's not very nice, is it? You're not very nice, are you? (laughs) Ma'am, you lied to us. We just want to leave. Oh, you want to leave? Is that what you want to do in my home territory? Did I stutter? No. As she had said that to you, it definitely hit your head in a certain way. I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Okie dokie. Um, wisdom. Oh, wait. Would this be something that my protection from evil and good would help with? Fortunately, um, this does not affect any of cool. this particular one. Just making sure. Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, my wisdom saving throw is just going to be a 12. Yes. So a moment as this passes through you, this kind of weird, kind of um, taunting voice that she did, uh, as she had cast this, you take a moment as this sort of affects you and hits you. You rolled um, a 12. Mm-hmm. It passes through your head, and nothing nothing seems to affect you on that. I don't know what you were trying to do, ma'am, but it didn't work. Now stop it. I'm going to cast um, Mage Armor upon myself. Okay, take a moment. You tighten up. She kind of cackles and looks at you all and goes, You know, um, there's ways that we can make an agreement here so I don't have to hurt you and you don't have to hurt me. A poor old woman like me. (laughs) No, it's very obviously you're not a poor old woman, just a poor old woman. And I know Faye, and I know it's bad to make deals with Faye. My parents told me all about it because my dad accidentally made one. It's a whole deal. But I know not to trust you, and I'm not going to make any deals with you. You just let us go. Well, Letty um, peeks out from the side and... 
Excuse me, darling. Um, this is Lady Bridge speaking to you. Uh, as one elderly, uh, very classy woman to another, clearly by the looks of you, she looks to her friends and kind of just goes, you're right, this lady looks like a wreck. I would like to know what it is that we may do in order to be released of you and leave uh, these woods. Oh, well, at least one of you has a good understanding of how to make deals. Yes, darling. Now and go she on. She kind of laughs and cackles. She goes, okay. Her hand unfurls a bit. Uh, these long, long fingers boils on them. These kind of rotted out nails that are about four inches wide. And <laughs> not four inches wide, four inches long and an inch wide. It's just gross hand. Um, she goes, well, it sounds like there is something that is maybe trying to find you and haunt you and trail you with the shadows of the night, which honestly don't sound particularly bad to me. Sounds like somebody knows how to create things that I would be curious to create. So, I can protect you. I can give you safe passage through the woods, children, as long as you promise in return to bestow upon me this information. You want the information on the creature? I would like to know where it comes from and how it came to be. She wants to know how to summon things. Or does she want to know just where this creature came from and how, who made it? I mean, all of us are curious, right? As you take a moment and you look around you and you catch that flittering behind her, kind of in the woods, the the um, uh, the, the flat perspective from where she's standing from, from across the river. There are little eyes right now peeking through probably about 15 of them. They seem very tiny, whatever these creatures are, but they're still keeping in the shadows, but there's something around her. I try to read uh, if she is being truthful, if um, she would actually give us safe passage sure. through the woods. Just roll an insight check uh, for, for what she's saying to you. Seven. <laughs> very unfortunate, darling. You have a feeling that she is telling her truth like there's there this deal does seem to be in her favor i mean who knows what this sort of creature would have in store for you otherwise and there's definitely many other things protecting her nearby her right now perhaps it is best for us to take the safe passage of course it is darling we have to give her information though does someone want to be the spokesperson for us huck just shakes his head well, he's out. Um, anyone else? What do you think, Trisilda? I don't like her, but that said, we are already in her home. Might as well get out. Who does like her? The lady is deeply in need of a manicure. Oh, <coughs> darling, I was thinking the same thing. Those fingers, four the warts. inches long. Can you imagine? Four inches for feet, I don't remember. Y'all, I don't think this is such a good idea. Well, do you have a better idea? It looks like she has many, many friends behind her. And many, many hit points. Yeah, but well... Well... But here's the thing. If we give her this, we're just giving her more ammunition to hurt us later. Because she's a fae. And deal with fae are always bad. Well, aren't she a fae? Some sort of, darling. Um, um, I'd... Let me speak to her. Um, you know, uh, Letty, well now, Lady Bridge, looks around, holds up her hand and says, I've got this. Darling, I, I forgot to mention to you that I am Fae. Uh, I am an elf, I'm a ladron. Clearly you can see from flowers in my hair and on my face and that I am springtime right now. I'm just a springy elf. So anyway, darling, um, we would like to tell you information because I think that's our only option. Well, I think that's quite a promising agreement. How can we be assured that you will not hurt us? and will give us safe passage and not ask us for anything else in the future. Well, let's just put it this way. I'm an old woman and uh, I there are my eyes. things that I wish to experience before I pass on or before one of you all kill me. Oh no, I just, let's just say there's another way for me to hold you accountable as well as you holding me accountable. This is still not telling me anything. 
Letty looks around. Do you wish to meet my friends? And she kind of cackles and like, <laughs> and her hands go forward. And all of these tiny little creatures um, kind of come out of uh, the trees and kind of slide down the different branches and all kind of plop before you guys. Um, they are creatures that are pretty gross looking. Um, they're these tiny little, petty little black looking creatures that almost have like oil dripping from their ears and from their fingertips and from their feet. Um, the color and the texture of them are very similar to kind of the blackened and the brown mud around you. Um, and as you're kind of looking, you're realizing that the mud not too far away, um, it's very close to this kind of slick look that they have that she's standing nearby. Um, as all of these little creatures kind of wobble in your direction, um, there's about 15 of them. Uh, these like kind of weird looking creatures that excrete oil from its pores. They're pretty horrific looking. Um, things of nightmares um, as they're kind of all walking forward. Uh, they have different sized arms and legs. Their heads are a little bit too big for their bodies. Um, Celine um, looks kind of horrified. She doesn't like gross things. I think it is best that we leave and get out of here. Ma'am, will you tell us exactly what it is you need from us? You need us to tell you what exactly in order for safe passage. I want you to find me the material components needed to create such a creature. And if we do not succeed, we do not know ourselves. Hmm. If you don't help me when I help you, that... Well, that would be a very good deal, would it? Mm, no! Oh. <laughs> would you give us a moment to converse? Talk all you want, I'm old enough. Okay, Celine. What if you go undercover back to Kovalt and get him to tell you intel on this creature? But that we just want to get out of here. I really don't think we should be talking to Kovalt because he is literally obeying this guy. Like, we saw the book. His name is in the book. And it literally says something in the book about, isn't it like they're all under my control? And if he's under our, that headmaster's control, then the headmaster's going to know that we came back. Even if he loves you or whatever. Was his name in blood yet? Yeah, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it had his bloody fingerprint and everything. Okay. <clears throat> All right, everybody, listen. This is Mill now because we're going to brass tacks and we need to talk, okay? So, I think that we can't talk to this woman. We can't deal with her because, honestly, if we do, she's going to hurt us. We can't give her what she wants because we don't know the material components to make up this thing, right? Yeah, that's so we can't. So we got to run. We got to either fight her or we got to run. I don't know, but you know what? We don't have the information that she needs. How are we going to get it? We can't get it. We don't know. Well, here, hang on. Uh in the distance, she's like kind of like almost like eating one of the creatures that she. And then she just looks at all of you. I'm straight up about to shoot her. Oh, you're whispering that from behind the tree. Um, <laughs> ma'am. If y'all don't make a decision, Wait, I'm just gonna shoot her. Don't get all trigger happy. We Honey, know what I happens. like that idea. I'm down oh, to get trigger on. happy. Whoa, hang on. Hang on. Uh, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> oh, yes. <clears throat> Sorry, we're just about to have a meal. <laughs> okay. Um, hypothetically speaking, how long would we have to do this for you? Because the man that we're running from that has been, uh, uh, bringing out all these things is real, real powerful and real dangerous. And I don't know how long it would take us to find this information for you. I will give you ample amount of time. Three moons hence. Um, Celine steps out. She smiles at her. She kind of shakes her silvery hair and she mm, says, I have silver hair too, darling. <laughs> I think your silver hair is quite beautiful. You know, I think it would be in your best interest. Although we cannot promise to get you these things, this man who has the ability to do this is after us after all so if you give us safe passage you are very likely to have him come uh wi within your 
area when you have all your wonderful creatures and um you know then you can get him and force him it would be much faster don't you think we could set a trap for him if you could promise me this i think that would be a very fine way to as, come about <laughs> as i said we are young and and mm. celine bats her eyes at her we are young and uh, you know it is hard for us to promise these things oh, but yes, i know you know just i think uh, it would probably make sense for our, you just to let us pass and and we can set a trap for it yes roll a persuasion check and see if this is going to work <laughs> <laughs> she switched up many dice to get the right roll 12 Here's a moment. She thinks about this, she goes. I could find some sort of agreement in that if you promise to bring him to me. Uh, doesn't have to be alive, just has to be, you know, knocked out so that way I can revive him the way I need to. <laughs> but I also want to mention that you're also in a compromising position. And there's a moment that you see her twirl around once more and look exactly like you. And she goes, I have things up my sleeve as well. So people will not forget if any of you go missing. So I want to make sure you're all very aware that what you're agreeing to here must be fulfilled. I, uh, you know, guys, I don't know about this woman. She's just, she, she's clearly can be, be pretend to be us. She could be all of us. Look at my hair, so silver. <laughs> Y'all, this is literally what I was saying earlier. As soon as, as soon as she turns into, uh, uh, as soon as she turns into Celine, I'm gonna just like make eye contact with them and shake my bow, like I'm gonna shoot her. I give her a thumbs up. I don't think we should be making deals with Faye. I also don't know if we can kill her. I'm, I'm just slowly. <laughs> I don't I think have no idea what to do. I have no idea at all. I could try to put on a show for her and be very persuasive and have performance. I don't know. I don't know. Mrs. Letty is just five foot tall, you know, uh, strawberry blonde with bangs and pigtails and little glasses. And she's just sounding like this old, old man just standing with her heads like going, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Meanwhile, I'm standing behind this tree with an arrow notched waiting for some sort of answer from someone. Should she shoot? Should we run? Should we make a deal? I mean, should we fight her? I don't know, guys. I throw a firebolt at her. Next time on the broadcast... Critical hit. <laughs> For 26 points of slashing damage. Oh, Are my. you kidding me? You want to really know what I really want? I believe I might. A fashion show. Hi, my name is Alice Gretchen, and I play Drisilda Slendron. Hey, I'm Kimberly Daugherty, and I play Celine Tessar. Hi, I'm Kellen Coleman, and I play Letty Marie Ricecroft. Hi, I'm Erica Fermina, and I'm playing Starla Hahill. Hi, my name's Rachel Seeley, and I am playing Huck Lokley. I'm Kelly Lynn D'Angelo, your dungeon master and woman of many faces, creatures, and things unknown. And I'm Richard Quiner, and I produce this podcast in partnership with Wizards of the Coast.